Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. My guest today is a New York Times bestselling author, a natural food chef, and TV host. She's a fresh face of healthy living, and her passion is to make healthy living fun, easy, and delicious. I first met Daphne when I was a guest on her show, The Chew. She was always so sweet and bubbly. I had been a frequent guest of her dad on his show, and it was so great to see Daphne become her own kind of star. Please welcome Daphne Oz. So hi, Hi. Daphne. (laughs) I am here with my uh, dear friend, Daphne Oz, who everyone knows from being the daughter of Dr. Oz and the the co-host of The Chew. And what I know you from when I first heard about you was your book that you wrote when you were in college. I bought it for my kids when they were going to college. No kidding. Yeah, tell me about that book. So my first book was called The Dorm Room Diet. And I'm so grateful for yeah. to, to you for buying a copy. Thank oh. you so much. <laughs> no, it was um, genius. Well, you know what? It was really um, motivated by personal need. Right. Almost all of everything I do is because I am desperately wanting to learn more about a specific category. So as you mentioned, I grew up at Dr. Oz's dinner table. People would certainly think that would mean I had some inside track on how to be healthy and fit all the time. And and I found myself 180 pounds at 17. On my frame, that's about 40 pounds overweight. And I felt like this kind of black sheep in a family of health nuts. And I, and I also, more importantly than that, felt like I wasn't able to do all the things I wanted to do because I felt weight was holding me back, whether it was on the sports field or the things I was eating was making me hyper in class. And this was in high school. This was in high school. And all that to say, I found myself graduating high school wanting to create a healthy lifestyle program that would really work for a young person with limited culinary skills, limited storage space, limited access to cooking, all that jazz. Um, in a way that would still allow me to really relish that college experience in those wonderful four years. So I still went to keggers. I had pizza at midnight um, and managed to lose 40 pounds my freshman year. Wow. Because the only thing I remember cooking in my dorm was a grilled cheese sandwich with an iron. I'm not sure if that was in the book, but with (laughs) an iron and cheese and bread and butter. And we used to grill the sandwiches with an iron. Is that a fire hazard? I don't know. We didn't ask. <laughs> we were really hungry and it was really late. I mean, that sounds kind of yeah. delicious. I'm not going to lie. I love a grilled cheese. I'll take it anyway. Iron sounds fabulous. Um, but you know, what was, what was very interesting about the process of writing The Dorm Room Diet was um, figuring out how to make health something that felt like a priority and not an obsession. And that was really what allowed me to see, I mentioned earlier, I felt, um, I felt like I should have known better. I should have been doing something differently with all the information I had. And and what I ultimately came to realize is that information very little or frequently has very little to do with action. Um, it's emotion that motivates you to change your behavior. And so I had to establish a, a way of feeling about food and a way of thinking about my eating that um, that was that made me feel good. I grew up the oldest. I'm the oldest of four. And so my mom and I would come home from school. We would pick out what we we're going to make for dinner. We'd go food shopping together. We'd cook all afternoon. We'd be snacking and hanging out and sharing from the day. And so cooking and eating were hand in hand with love for me. But and, did your parents ever give you grief about your weight? No. You know what's interesting? My dad... Um, 
I, my mom is like me in that she loves the celebration of food. And I think she saw that that was what was happening for me. And, and not that I had an unhealthy relationship with it, just that I was overindulging in really healthy things. <laughs> um, but I, my dad, you know, I think when he started to see that I was, I was, you know, getting to the place where it would have been potentially really harmful to me to have that uh, level of weight. Uh, he would say things like, you know, go for a run or he would go for runs with me. My dad is a really great model and that he never does the finger wag and doesn't walk the walk himself. He really, he would take me for runs with, you know, kicking and screaming, take me for runs with him. He would, um, he would, you know, be the one to lead by example in the way that, you know, he thought we should be eating. We didn't keep chips and candy and soda on the house. But I think, again, it doesn't... <clears throat> All of us have access to so much great information. The internet has made all of us sort of pseudo experts. I, I really believe that I was waiting for this time to feel like I had the responsibility, the authority, and also the freedom to make the choices the way I felt. Part of it's taboo, right? Like if, I mean, as a fully grown adult, if I tell myself I can't eat something, it becomes the only thing I need to eat. I think growing up, I felt very strongly that, um, that, uh, you know, the taboo items were the best items. And now, you know, having been to college and realizing I could eat a candy bar for every meal of the day if I so choose, um, and that that wasn't actually what I wanted, it, it released me from a lot of that angst around eating. Because I find the topic, you know, incredibly personal and, and fascinating. I was always struggling with my weight. Growing up, I was, you know, not obese, but I always had like 30 pounds on me. Right. And I and I would lose it all. I would go on these like very, very, you know, intense starvation diets and I'd lose all the weight. And I'd be so happy. I'd be at the dressmaker, you know, making all my things. And then I just gained it back. And then it happened a few times. And that led me on my personal journey you know, to well, to health and wellness. And, you know, I just got a degree as a health coach because of it. Amazing. So I find the whole thing fascinating. Well, that is so, I'm so glad you bring that up because that's actually something that was most uh, surprising and unexpected to me. Often, and this can be in any category of life, but oftentimes the things that you think are going to be your cross to bear, that you think are the things that set you apart in a bad way or that make you the black sheep or that is a constant yo-yo struggle for you are the things that define your life and are the things that give you a perspective and a lens that no one else has. And I very much felt that way. I felt like I went from a place where I thought being overweight and struggling with my weight and losing it, but in a way that you know certainly made me more thoughtful about what I was eating would rob me of my joy of eating or would rob me of my my zest for, for having a great time uh, with, through cooking and, and through living my life fully. And instead, what it did was gave me a, a vision about how to be healthy in a way that was practical and be healthy in a way that allowed for plenty of indulgence. And that, in in turn, you know, having created this healthy lifestyle program that worked and living that life and still doing it in a way that allowed me to love cooking and love eating and love hanging out, you know, made my my voice on the chew something that was valuable and something that I could speak from I could speak from personal, intimate knowledge of how devilish a delicious dessert can be if you feel like it's off limits to you and how to go through the mental you know sort of gymnastics of working through but you can have it you can have a bite of it you can have two bites of it yeah I, I don't i don't agree with that for me personally because oh, you're just I have, deprivation only well no, no 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 not that no i eat super really healthy foods i i do a lot of coconut a lot of cacao like really great foods but if i eat something like a cake or a cookie i won't just take a bite it, it'll my body wants the entire thing your body so, or um, your brain i don't know what the difference is i take a bite and like like we had pizza you know last weekend i don't eat pizza i had one piece i'm like okay and then all of a sudden i had three i wanted more and more 
Do you go into a fugue state or you feel like you don't have control over it or? Well, it's not that I don't have control over it, that I just, I'm not full. And so I have a second piece and I end up having a third piece. Can you have one piece of pizza? Well, two two strategies I developed white, white around white flour. <laughs> yes. Why would I? Yeah. Eat, why would I eat whole wheat pizza? No, I um, I developed two strategies that work. The first is actually that I fill up on my big plate is usually salad or vegetable or or something that is. Uh, high fiber, high hydration, um, usually some protein involved too. So either a lean you know, animal protein or chickpeas or lentils or something of that nature. And then I have a side portion of the thing that's sort of the pizza or the fried chicken or the mac and cheese. We can go on and on. Um, and that way, by the time I get to that portion of the meal, I'm not eating because I'm hungry. I'm eating for the experience of indulging. And I think that that is actually- Because you're already full. I'm already full. And I will also say that something I had to learn at the Chew was this, what I called my two-bite rule, because we were making, at, in the first season, we were making like something ridiculous, six episodes, six recipes every episode, something crazy. And I gained 15 pounds the first month because we were eating so much. I mean, it was delicious food, right. you know, it was really, really great. Um but and it was constantly available. But I had to create this this barrier for myself of the first bite is to explore. The first bite is to like see what's going on, check it out, check out the scene. Second bite is to indulge. Second bite is to savor the flavors you liked the first time around to get another sort of dose of it so you really feel like you got that full experience. Anything beyond that second bite starts to taste the same. And I know that's a big mental hurdle to clear, but it allowed me to never have to say no to something because I was you know, avoiding this group or, you know, not trying that, uh, trying not to eat this. And I think that um, that has really given me a lot of freedom. Now, now, I will say, confronted with a big bowl of Halloween candy, it is one of those things to me where it's like, there are there are occasions where you should just eat everything. <laughs> there are occasions, and like the pizza, I mean, you don't eat pizza that often. Uh, yeah. Enjoy your three pieces and tomorrow be good. And I would never, ever touch the Halloween candy ever. anymore. Ever. Do you find your taste buds are changing? Is yes. this crazy? Yeah, I totally. used to live like live for a Butterfinger. I, I'm not going to defame anyone here. I don't live for Butterfingers anymore. I don't think that it's like... Then what's what's your like, oh my God, I have to have it? Well, I still think a Baby Ruth is pretty clutch. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like mm, a dark chocolate, like a really good quality, salty dark right. chocolate hits all the spots for me. Especially if you really pay attention as it's melting in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's... That's the so difference. Good. Honestly, yeah. any chocolate, I'll take any chocolate. Yeah, but I, but I think that the the saccharin level, like my body's tolerance, uh, um, has gotten less and less for that sort of artificial, artificially sweet or so sweet it tastes artificial. Uh, and I really crave more of the fat. I like the salt. I like the. Um, I certainly like the pleasure experience of the of the dopamine that chocolate you know, helps to, pro- to create. But I, but I find that there's so many amazing, like, I'm not going to say substitutes, but like cauliflower pizza, I think is oh, delicious. God, who right? invented that? I it don't is know. so delicious. smart. And, you know, there's so paleo breads on the market, you know, made with like almond sure. almond flour. Have you tried the um, the paleo tortillas and the chips and everything? Of course I have. Siete. So, a great family. Know them. So good. And have you been to Hugh Kitchen? Yes. Hugh so Kitchen. that's the chocolate that I'm right. obsessed with. The cashew butter yeah. Hugh Kitchen chocolate is I mean, out they of have, control. They have little pieces of bread that you could, that they're not bread. They're, they're paleo. They're coconut. Yeah, I love that. They're delicious. But now, where do you go? How do you go back and forth between, like, if something is so processed that it tastes like bread, it acts like bread, it thinks it's bread. At some point, is it like, I can't believe it's not butter. Do you feel like it starts to verge on the on frankenfood? No, because it's not, it's real, ing- when it's real ingredients, I believe in, you know, as much as possible, eating plants and eating things that come from the ground. That you recognize right. and, the way they come And when, the and I look at every ingredient. 
I mean, I have a supplement company and I made them crazy because I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I want every, I want to know what everything is because that's what I'm going to put in my body. Exactly. So, you know, you're luckier than I that you could kind of go back to eating the food that for me is like trigger food. Well, but that's not that is absolutely correct. I mean, there is no question to me. Last January, I did a my husband and I together did a slow carb eating plan, which was basically during the week, six days out of the week, no grains, no added sugar. Actually, that this plan was no fruit, which was really difficult. But the way I ended sort of adopting it was no no added sugar and no dairy um, for six days out of the week. And I will tell you, it was one of the most eye opening experiences of my life to see how <clears throat> The first day you start, you feel like crap because your brain, like everything is just wanting these stimulants that you're, and you're also not supposed to have caffeine, which I didn't, didn't follow. Um, <laughs> you're, you're missing these stimulants, especially sugar, which is hugely addictive. Um, and you're missing all these, these things that your body normally relies on. The second day you feel a little bit, a little bit better. And then by the fourth day, you really, you almost don't even miss it. You almost don't even crave it. Then the seventh day we would have our cheat day our quote unquote, like our indulgent day. And Swear, I felt like junk that day, and then the ne- Monday, the day after that indulgent day, it was the worst. It was so anyway. It just really opened my eyes to this idea that um, food food is medicine, mm-hmm. good or bad. It's poison or it's medicine, and the less you rely on really processed foods or really stimulating foods, the more you can fill your diet with um, the whole foods, the things that you recognize, the way they came out of the ground, the the things that really give your body fuel it recognizes. So have you always had a healthy relationship with food? Always? Uh, by that, I would say I've always known what healthy foods were. I was never confused that the Dunkaroos I stole from my friend's lunchbox were healthy for me. Um, but I... And I love healthy foods. I mean, look, I grew up cooking. I grew up on my grandmother. Um, my mom is the oldest of six. My grandmother and grandfather still live on their farm. They have a huge garden. We would be out there all the time. It was, I had a very intimate relationship with how great good food could make you feel. But I was looking at good food making me feel good in too many different ways. I wanted it to satisfy my hunger. I wanted it to be the way that I bonded with my family. I wanted it to be the way that I passed on heritage. I, I relied on it for too many things. And I think that can be an unhealthy relationship in its own way. And you've had three kids. Had three so. kids. And that, let me tell you, that derails any health goals you ever <laughs> <Yes>. had. <laughs> well, and I've had three kids. Yes. And, and, you know, I know that it takes a toll on your body. It definitely does. And you have to kind of look at yourself a little different. And, and right now, Chrissy Teigen is out there talking about, like, what happened here, you know? <laughs> and I think you've done it. And I think it's amazing to just bring it to the forefront because as women, we all struggle, you know, not just us, everyone out there. They struggle with different things. And, you know, to me, having a baby is way more important than having a perfect stomach. <laughs> well, I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I and at the same time, I don't think it's I don't I think it's totally normal to after you've had the baby and the baby is no longer in your stomach to look down and be like, why do I still look pregnant? What is happening here? I I have had um it's tor- it's I mean it makes sense in society we've hold we hold up these examples of like superhumans right and so in motherhood a lot of the time that's meant that we hold up these examples of women who then I swear to you the next week are like back in my size twenty fours here I am yeah. and I I there are those women they are they are re- yeah. they're real they're real people I envy them intensely. Um, and I think because we have spent a lot of time seeing that version of what motherhood after uh, the aftermath of motherhood looks like, it makes people who don't have that experience, like myself, feel like crap. And I think that what I found 
I share a lot of this on Instagram. I share a lot about it just in, in sort of general when I talk because I want women to feel like motherhood adds to you, right? Like you don't become someone completely different than who you were. You don't suddenly stop loving, I don't even know what, romance novels. Like you are allowed to still be whoever you were, but you become version 2.0 and your priorities shift and you suddenly have an entirely new human to, to you know care for who relies on you. But that doesn't mean you have to stop taking care of yourself. And so my big focus has been on, look, it takes me a long time. I work really hard. I eat well. Like I said, I really focus on protein. I focus on um, on good hydration. I focus on good fiber. I, fo- I drink a lot of water. I do sweat. Try I try to sweat like four to six times a week. Um, but I do it on at my own pace. And I try to take the people who are, you know, follow me on social along for that ride because I feel like they need to see that I'm not hiding in some closet until I'm quote unquote back. Nothing pisses me off so much as people being like, well, why haven't you gotten back in shape yet? It's like, are you keeping tabs on me? How boring is your life? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, I've, I've been so blown away and I love that there seem to be so many women who are on this journey with me who reach out and say like, you've given me strength to wear a two piece. Like that to me, it would never dawn on me not to wear a <laughs> bikini, by the way. Like I wear one pieces all the time, but I would never not wear a bikini because I'd had a baby. I just, it does what doesn't enter my way but how, of being. But how hard do you think it is for you because you're in the public eye on top of your own, right. you know, body changes. Yeah. I get asked if I'm pregnant at least once a day. At least once a day someone's like, I can't believe you're pregnant again. I say, I can't believe your mother let you out of the house with those <laughs> kind of manners. Um, but I feel like I, in the public eye, everyone's in the public eye. Like it, Social media has made everyone open season for anyone else's random commentary. And I think it's extreme. Like I signed up for it. I, I have absolutely zero complaints about being about being sort of judged or exclaimed about or whatever in public because that this is my job. But I, I also feel like the more we can focus on, here's the progress. It's not about being perfect. I'm not saying I'm not out here saying, oh look at me, I'm back to where I started or I'm back to where I want to be. Of course, I'm still working at it. But I, my th- my thought is. Pro- progress is much more important than perfection and, and progress is the process. And if I can show you little things that made a big difference for me, that's going to make your life a lot better. So what has made a big difference for you? What uh, are some things you've done? Uh, so if you want to start today on a healthier path, the the first thing I say is half your body weight in ounces of water. That's what you need to that's be drinking. The, my, that is absolutely the hardest thing. I see thing. you. Bobby has a huge bottle yeah, of water. That, because I'm in one place now. It's the hardest thing because what happens when you get to a certain age, when you have to go, you have to go. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. if there's not a bathroom. <laughs> so when I am in an office all day, which is very almost never, I, I drink a lot of water. But when I'm on the go, I don't. And I notice a huge difference in my, you know, in my skin, Abs- absolutely. in my brain, everything. It's funny, actually, people, you know, whenever we talk about glowing skin, for me, it's plenty of hydration, and I get it in my water. I pretty much exclusively drink water and sparkling water, plus you know a variety of herbal teas, and then I have my coffee because I'm a normal human. <laughs> and no, no, uh, no uh, cocktails. I drink. Uh, you know what? I really love wine. I really love red wine, and I really love a tequila soda with lots of lime. But those aren't like everyday drinks for me. Um, How many days a week? I would say I have wine three days a week, probably. Um, I would say I have tequila. Once a week, maybe mm-hmm. once every two weeks. Look, I I also 
I don't know. I feel like tequila is one of those things where once you start, you're kind of like, well, it's a good night. Like, let's. Right, just I have would rather more. have tequila and and no pizza, no food. Yes, you know, well, that, I'll eat broccoli and tequila. Let me How's tell that? you, tequila is like a very interesting beast to me because it's paleo. Everyone's obsessed with this because, and apparently. I was learning a lot about the sort of the crafting of it. It's it's very much like wine, where where other grain alcohols are pretty much just sort of flavored alcohol. Uh, tequila is a blending process, and you know mezcals that are roasted, uh, roasted sort of the the original agave, and um, and the even the blancos are this very sort of intensive process. And the beauty of agave is without having any more sugar than any of the other ones, it tastes sweet. Like you add sparkling water and lime into that and it tastes like you're, I don't miss any of the other elements of a margarita. Uh, anyway, drinking plenty of liquid. I also eat a lot of hydrating foods. Like I eat a lot of cucumbers. I eat a lot of celery. I eat a lot of um, watermelon when it's in season. I try to make sure that my, you you people are surprised always that the way that your brain and your stomach can tell if you're hungry or thirsty are intimately related. So a lot of the time that you think you're hungry, you're actually just thirsty. So making sure that you have plenty of uh, of liquid coming in is important for that too. Um, but probiotics, can I just tell you? And whether it's weight loss or regulation or great skin or like beautifully white, you know, the whites of your eyes, all of that comes down to gut health. And we forget about that. And your gut relies on fiber and it relies on probiotics which eat that fiber uh, the the good bacteria and i think those the two things i tell people all the time start today drink if you're 150 pounds drink 75 ounces of water today and uh, and start on a good quality probiotic and it'll make a big difference it'll and fish difference. oil would come next i do i take i take vitamin d so my regimen i take um a probiotic or I'll eat like kef- I'll have kefir or I'll eat a sauerkraut or something like that um some kind of fermented food I have essential fatty acids um, in the form of either flax seeds or chia seeds in with my smoothie, or I'll sometimes take a, take a pill. Um, I have a ton of vitamin D. I'll, I usually, ha- even just like maintenance-wise, I usually have about 2,000 um, IUs a day, sometimes five. If I'm getting sick, I'll take like 25,000 IUs, and that sounds like a lot to a lot of people, but it has worked for me. Um, and... You know, I give I give supplements to my kids too, and especially during cold and flu season, I feel like it really keeps me keeps me running. Um, and then I do all these like liposomal vitamin C packs. I and love those like the that. ones they're that so squirt cool. into your mouth. Oh, yeah. they're so cool. I yeah, see, it. I'm really into the edibles. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always just nice to eat your vitamins. Which kind of edibles? Well, I'm talking about the vitamins. Oh, okay. yeah. So I, I I take my fish oil that's actually chocolate. Oh, and I just it's like you know has the oil and the chocolate, and I just it's my dessert, and I just squeeze it in. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it hits all those notes. It's it sweet. It's fat. It mm-hmm. cleanses your palate, yeah. and, and it doesn't, and it doesn't like, you know, make Derail. you want more. Yes, because you know sometimes you eat something, you're like, all right, I'll just have a few more of those jelly yes. beans. Yes, yeah. So then, Daphne, you, your life is so ideal. Tell me, everybody <laughs> struggles with something. Like I struggle Hardly. with, and when my kids were little, I struggled with the mess in my house. Yes, like I didn't struggle with getting going on TV or giving a speech or doing any of the things I did. I was like, oh my god, what if I forget this? And oh, it was just the yeah. home things. What do you struggle with? Oh, um, you know what's funny? I, I, this sounds this may sound trivial to people, but I, it, it speaks to a much larger issue. I struggle with my inbox. I struggle with this idea that everyone who has my email address can add to my to-do list incessantly, forever, and endlessly, and that I have so many running to-do lists. You know, I have my career to-do list. I have my family to-do list. I have my just general home care to-do list. Because by the way. I, I really feel like if if my life is out of whack, if I feel out of sync, if I don't feel like I have a rhythm to my day, the entire family feels disjointed that way. Um, 
But I feel like I have all these to-do lists and I can spend, you know, it's six hours crossing a bunch of items off one, but there's still four more. And my inbox is just symptomatic of that where I feel like, you know, I have 231 unanswered emails right now. And my husband- I have zero. I uh, see. I, I, no, because I will, I forward mine. Like oh, I've got a few. I need an assistant. Uh, well, yeah. you need. Oh, you don't have an assistant. I, I can't talk about it. It's horrifying. <laughs> well, I'll give you. I'll tell you how to get a great assistant. Oh, please. I have the best assistant, who is now the head of digital for my new company. Oh my gosh! I hired her out of the Apple Store. What? Brilliant. She's That's she's amazing. And, does she have friends? Um, she does, and she was at the Genius Bar. Yes. Oh, yeah, nice. but anyway, so she's in the other room. She's, oh, where, <laughs> where is, she? is she? Yeah, no, but she's amazing. <laughs> Seriously. So, but but I'm able to like get rid of the things I don't want to do, and it's like here. Yeah, and now my team knows me so well. I don't even have to type anything. They I know just exactly what it, to say, or they need to say, "What do you want me to do with this?" That's so. See, I I love that, and I also just, you know, I I just think sometimes it is just a matter of triage. It's like right. some people just don't. Yeah. Some some requests you just don't respond to because you ca- you physically could not. And what I've gotten to now is is there are some days I I have this whole idea of like a recalibration, right? So today maybe I'm an A mother, a B wife, a C friend, a D employee. And tomorrow I can be completely different. And that's okay. That is that is the cost and the benefit of wearing as many hats as, as we do as moms and professionals and women and just generally living a very full and dynamic life. And um it's it's funny though because I catch myself sometimes go I really got rid of mom guilt. I worked really hard to my first I had a lot of it. I was working crazy hours. I was, you know, do, doing a lot of things that required me to be out of the house and I felt like every time I was ever away from her I was missing critical motherhood moments and every time I was with her I was missing critical career moments. My second, I started to feel a little bit more at ease with this idea that there are only 24 hours in the day and nobody expects you to do it all except for yourself. Um, and that that's just completely unreasonable. <laughs> and uh, so I started to you know, be a little bit gentler with myself. And with my third, I mean, she was just adding another animal into our insane zoo at the house. And I recognize now that if I've chosen to do something that takes me away from my family, it's because it's making me happy in that moment. And I'm allowed to make that choice because my happiness models for my kids what happiness looks like and how to give that to themselves, how to make that a priority. Uh, and and if I've chosen to kind of be a you know derelict and let my inbox overflow because I'm having an incredible time making memories with my family, I'm allowed to do that too. No one's keeping tabs on me except me. But it is this constant sort of negotiation of like, but people expect a response. So could you yeah. just see? And I love to get, I love to get the response out. But my favorite thing is when I see a pile of mail, like like invitations that that I haven't looked at in a while, and the dates are passed. Oh, and you know what? You struggle. Like, should I go? Should I go? Should I not go? And then you didn't go, and it's like no one cares. No one cares. No one cares. And no one cares when you cancel last minute. No matter how big it is, you know, of course, unless you're the one that has to be Connery. on stage. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, it is the the working, you know, the working mother thing. I yeah. get it. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years? Um, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Uh, my husband and I together, we invest. We've, we've selected some companies that we do a little more than investing with. And I've been bitten by that entrepreneurial bug a bit. It is magic to watch an idea come to fruition, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, there are parts of it that just make absolutely 
you know, every other thing I've ever done pale in comparison in terms of just the the intensity of that workload. But I also think that um, the the idea of creating something tactile or something. So we're we're involved with something called Pure Spoon right now, which is a fresh baby food delivered right to your doorstep, Hi, which know, is amazing. I, I know the founder. It's, oh, you do? I do. Oh, I amazing. Do. Uh-huh. Um, and and it's been so much fun to get to be a part of this new wave of. First of all, helping people. So like moms like me who would ideally make all their baby food from scratch because they know how valuable that nutrition is for their babies. But life gets in the way sometimes. Or By the way, the food is delicious. I have digestive issues sometimes and she will send me the food and I will eat that food and it's really gentle to digest. I think there's a whole market. There really is, by the way, because I think just the ease of nutrition of of if you don't have time to sit down and eat, you know, a huge bowl of salad or a huge bowl of fruit, or you want to just add something, a supplement into your smoothie, or you want just a quick snack, like you after dinner, if you or want, or you're just on like the go because I don't like bars. Right, I'm not a bar fan, right. so those things work better. No, it's good for it's yeah. good for adults and yeah. kids. But I do think, look, I I mean, I don't claim at all. It's not my company, so I mm-hmm. certainly can't claim to understand all the stress that she goes through. Um, but I but I do feel like. I'm witnessing my ideas coming into their own and and seeing how that sort of changes based on what I think the customer wants and then actually getting to talk like I I pull my audience all the time I'm like so do you guys like purple or blue do you do you want to see you know pear and avocado or would you rather have you know that even papaya and lime like it's so it's do really you ha- but do you have the entre- entrepreneur bug that you want to do your own thing I, look I I don't I'm not a big fan of saying I just want to own a business. I don't. That's not what I'm here for. I want. I would like to create something really valuable for people. I really. I view my sort of core thesis about wh- why I'm here and what I hope my career stands for, as making primarily women, but making my followers' lives a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more delicious, and a lot more fun. That is that is literally just like giving you easy things that either make your life better or, or make you know your home more beautiful or make, put something to put on your body. Like I have a really hard time, especially I, w- I got dressed for so many hours of television. I can't even tell you. And I had a whole team around me. I was like the luckiest person on earth. Um, and it was so hard to find consistently a brand of clothing that would make me feel like my size 10 wasn't an outlier for them. You know, there, there was never a brand that I felt like really made me a priority. And that's that's to say I wanted style and support. But I'm the same way, but I'm five foot tall and I have, you know, women's things. Uh, right. You know? no, so yes. It's Boobs very, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's very hard to find things that, you know, shirts will fit my shoulders and they won't button my no. on my top and by the way Hello. that is every single woman Ugh. i'm sitting here too i've got buttons yeah. up the front and you're pulling all the time it's pouching but that's a that's a very i would think a very easy fix and to me even something as small as like making you feel great when you get dressed in the morning that's a huge oh, deal huge. that lets you put your best face yeah. forward. i mean being confident is about being comfortable i completely end agree. of story end of story so i hear through the grapevine that I am not the only newbie starting this uh, po- in the podcast world. I hear you're going to be doing a new podcast with Hilaria Baldwin. Yes, Tell ma'am. me about it. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we are bringing out a really, really fun podcast. So Hilaria and I are, are dear friends. And inevitably, when we get together, we end up sort of shooting the shit and talking about our really, our our struggles with motherhood, our best moments of motherhood, the things that we care about, the products that we rely on. And it's always this dynamic conversation of just like, how do you, how do you juggle wanting to, you know, to, to borrow from Oprah, live your best life, 
give your kids the best life possible and do it in a way that doesn't make you crazy. Um, and so we got together and we thought, well, why don't we ask other moms these questions? Because everyone has had that aha moment of you know, the one thing that completely changed your game. It could be the breakfast that gets your kids out the door on time. It could be the the you know shampoo that made your daughter's hair never tangle again. I don't even I mean, it could be so many things. And and parents are so passionate. Anytime you can access that passion and get you know, get them to share that that deep and personal experience. You learn so much. So anyway, we'll be chatting all things parent, all things motherhood, um, really sort of pulling pulling the curtain back and having a lot of fun. And I'm sure there'll be laughs and tears and plenty of product shares and, uh, and yeah, just generally hanging with the ladies. Yeah. And let's uh, find out why Hilaria has had four kids. And She's just- amazing. I don't think she's gained a pound she, each time. She is, is she incredible. Brazilian? She's actually, well, she's, I was asking her all about her heritage. Is she she's Giselle's Spanish. cousin? Yeah, oh, I well, mean, come no, on. she is actually, she was brought down from, you know, the, the, the what's that place? Olympus? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, She's, you know what, to be honest with you, she's a professional dancer. That was her, ori- her original career. She's also, of course, a, a yoga guru. Um, and she's just p- blessed, but certainly, hashtag blessed, but certainly really active, eats really well. I mean, she is, to your point, a testament to what happens when you really take care of your body the whole time. I think I stopped working out around 20 weeks uh, of pregnancy, number three, and I, I felt great up until that point, and then you really feel the downside after the fact. So we will ask Kalaria about all of her best looking like a goddess tip, certainly. Excellent. I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> so, Daphne, what's the name of this new podcast? It's called Mom Brain. Very cool. And it's given you all the good food for thought that you're going to want. Lots of laughs, lots of good times, lots of lots of recommendations, everything you'd ever want to be able to ask the moms that you cyberstalk, but haven't actually gotten on speed dial just yet. We love to stalk moms on Instagram. Moms are so voyeuristic. And if you like one and you sort of think that she's got an element of her life together, I personally want to know what's in her pantry, what's in her medicine cabinet, what's in her handbag, what's in her diaper bag. I want to know everything that allows her to look the way that she does or feel the way that she does or, you know, have it together the way that it seems. Well, I think there should be one day of the week where people post their really bad pictures like the real pictures so you could like real life so you could see oh, wait, wait, why, why don't we have that we have throwback thursday real life monday i mean monday Something. feels kind of because i once posted a picture anyway. of my ll bean bag spilled out on the floor in a big pile with all this stuff i got so many likes because they're like oh you're not perfect <laughs> Yeah, you know, it ma- it means something to yeah. people when you when you reveal that yeah. that there are those perfect Instagram moments. Some of them are contrived, um, but there there's a lot more of the just real life moments, and they're just as beautiful. I'm sure people actually love to see what was really in your bag. Is there a specific gum? You know, Bobby chews cinnamon dentine, or does she? You know, what what's the energy snack that you have since it's not bars? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's actually my new product, which you're going to go home with the probiotic. Yes, ma'am. I yes. love it. Which is delicious. But, but I did want to give you my, my one of the mama hacks that came to my oh, mind please. because I was always that incredibly overwhelmed, busy mom that wanted to be perfect. And so when my kids had birthday parties, when your kids get older, they get invited to so many birthday parties. And, you, you know, you're always running to the store. I need this. I need that. Finally, I went to the local bookstore and I bought five and $10 gift certificates, piles of each. I kept them in the drawer, and some people got 20, 25, and I just always had them. I never had to buy a present. I love and that. And I supported the local I bookstore. Was, you support, I, right? nothing makes you, it reminds me of going with my grandmother because she's such a book fanatic. It makes me so happy to go in and actually get to flip through the book, and especially for kids' books, by the way. It's impossible to buy them online unless you've already been recommended to them. You need to go and read the story and see if you like the moral and see if you're, 
teaching your kids something horrible. <laughs> um, and I think that that's such a nice and personal gift. I, love I think I still have some gift certificates. I wonder if <laughs> the bookstore book still open. <laughs> my, my oldest is 28, so we'll see if it still works. Watch on booksellers. I'm coming. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to buy whatever you are going to put your name on. Uh, I think you. you. I think you are. First of all, you're so pretty. You're so sweet. You're so nice. And I think you're going to be a huge success. Mm, thank you. And thank you so much. so much for coming on. I and loved it. I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was Daphne Oz. Don't you love her? You can follow her on social media at Daphne Oz. You can also listen to her podcast, Mom Brain, that she hosts with Hilaria Baldwin, wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to thank you for joining me today on Long Story Short. I'd love it if everyone listening to this podcast could subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. I'd also love if you each send me a dollar. I promise to send it to charity. I'm Bobby Brown. Follow me online at Just Bobby Brown. Until next time on Long Story Short. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.